Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Brother Ray. Well, happy 2018, first Sunday of the year. How's your year going so far? Great, great. We're seven days in. Come on, you should be able to tally up some average. Are you, have you kept to your, all your New Year's resolutions so far? Any, anybody broken any resolutions yet? I've been gaining a little weight, you know, during the Christmas holiday. So my, yeah, you, you too, Jeremiah? Yeah, bud. So uh, my New Year's resolution was uh, every time we go to Grants Pass, I'm going to be sure to drive by the gym. And so far, I'm keeping that. So, so that's pretty good. We're going to try to keep that going. You know, New Year's is a time where lots of folks make resolutions, but, you know, often those resolutions don't make it past about January 31st. You know, if you're like most people, as somebody said, New Year's resolutions are in one year and out the other. that's kind of what it is but that doesn't mean that making resolutions are bad you know it's good making resolutions can kind of help us reflect on the on the past and say okay i'm going to be better i'm going to do this differently and then make some changes to the future you know it kind of uh helps us be a better person next year uh my my 2017 and 2018 uh so far has been all about packing and moving (laughs) my whole life is kind of surrounded around that and, uh, you know, it's, it's when you're packing things away and giving away and selling, you know, especially the mementos and, uh, you know, heirlooms that, you know, your mom gave you when you're three. Sorry, mom, that's in the garbage. You know, so when you do that, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but when you do that, it kind of causes you to reflect back and think back and, and kind of uh, ponder about the, the past and stuff. Yeah, and uh, I think that's a good thing for us all to do every once in a while. I think that's why New Year's are good kind of reflect back, and that's why resolutions are sometimes good. There's a, a magazine out there called Smith Magazine, and they ran a contest several years ago, and they asked people, they polled people uh, to sum up their life in six words. Just six words, that's all you get. That was a challenge. Six words to describe where you've been, where you are, where you're going your whole life. And thousands of people sent in these subscriptions and these submissions, and uh, they, they put it into a book uh, with all these things, the notable one, it's called the Not Quite What I Was Planning. And they named it that because a lot of the folks, you can kind of see in their words that that was kind of the truth of them. So a couple of the notable ones here, Heather T. wrote this, head in books, feet in flowers. <laughs> she probably lives in Eugene or something, but that's cool. And uh, Steve M., he wrote this, married childhood sweetheart, two kids content. Ah, come on together. You can read. Ah, that was a sweet one. I like that. Bob L wrote this one: partner, pension, motorhome, life is good. <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. I'm looking forward to that. Maybe someday. Uh, Richard M wrote this: wasted my whole life getting comfortable. Ooh, man. So you know that was that's kind of a little heavier. John D wrote this. This is kind of sad. Bored. So bored. So very bored. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Ray uh, K, not Ray V, wrote this. Trust me, I did my best. <laughs> you know, he just kind of laid it out there. Jillian wrote this. Ditched the map, found a better route. That's kind of cool, yeah? And this last one I like the most. Dave Ann wrote this. Not quite finished, tell you later. Yeah? I think there's some real wisdom in that one. Now, what about you? Here we are on the first Sunday of 2018. 2017 is the past now. If you had to sum up your life so far in just six words, what would they be? Just 
Just six words? No, that's a rhetorical question, Bob. Put your hand down. Yeah. You know, would they be positive? Would they be, it's not interactive time. It's all about me now. Okay. Would they be positive, uplifting words, you know, words that make people go, ah, or would they be kind of, you know, downer, you know, words kind of depressing, kind of, you know, or maybe they'd just kind of be somewhere in the middle, kind of, you know, just hanging out, you know, kind of, kind of just kind of there, you know, somewhere in the malaise, kind of just existing kind of six words. You know, what would your six words be? Uh, yeah, I know. And I know what you're doing right now. You're thinking, okay, I'm writing down my six words. And it, I know it's tempting to be thinking about that now. You're going to tune me out. You're not going to listen to anything I say for the rest of the morning. But don't do that because if you did, then your words for this morning would be missed God's message for me today. Missed God's message for me today. Because I believe God's got a special word this first Sunday of 2018 for every single one of you. And it's more than six words. You get bonus words this morning. Because I believe God is a unique powerful God, and he has a unique, powerful message for every one of you. You might have been here. This might be your millionth time to come in this church. It might be your first time. God knew that before he created the universe that you were going to be here today. And through his majesty and his power and his awesomeness, he can speak directly to you through the Spirit speaking through me. But we have to listen for it. we got to listen for it. In fact, I believe that it's our attitude, our receptivity, our paradigm, if you will, of of the world, our attitude towards life and towards our future that pretty much controls our life. And you might say, no, Uncle Sam controls my life or my boss, you know, or or the taxes. No, you know, it's our attitude. Because outside sources can do whatever they want, but our attitude is, is what really controls our life at the end of the day. And our attitude about what God has in store for us specifically is what will make our six-word life summary something worth reading rather than something worth nothing. For example, if your attitude is, you know, one that kind of says, you know, just read the news, Kent. You know, the world is going to heck in a handbasket. It's just a matter of time before North Korea nukes us all and the feds are going to march in and can declare martial law and take all of our guns and our precious metals, steal our children. And, you know, we just, we just need to go live off the grid out in the woods somewhere and just hunker down until Jesus comes back. If that's your attitude, you know, then, then your six-life summary is probably going to be something like this. Safe, but lonely and selfish existence and it's your attitude that would determine that it, on the other hand if your attitude is you know you know hey can't you know i'm, I'm kind of getting old and honestly my best years are behind me uh, let me tell you about what i was like in high school when i was a quarterback and i was a superstar and you know god's pretty much finished with me now you know because there's not really anything more that i can learn about god i mean i've been in church for like a hundred years already you know and there's not a lot i can do for his kingdom you know my joints and my whole body if that's kind of your attitude your life may get summed up with these six words gave up before before God was done. Or if your attitude is, you know, man, honestly, you, you just look on the internet, you just listen to the, read the papers, and the world is just so big, and it's just so bad, and it's so unsafe out there, and it's so full of wackos, and the streets aren't safe for our children, and there's no way God expects me to go out there and befriend those seriously messed up, needy, greedy neighbors of mine, addicted to who knows what, you know, kind of people, and if that's your attitude, then your six-word life summary would be something like this, fear-filled, spirit empty, 
stayed indoors. And it's like, oh boy, those are so fun. Thanks for that. No, nobody wants that kind of stuff to be your six-word life summary, right? We don't want those kind of summaries, you know. But you know what? The choice is yours. Nobody else's. Here we are, facing a brand new year. You know, brand new opportunities ahead of you. And how your 2018 shapes up, honestly, is entirely up to you. And sometimes we don't like to hear that because it's fun, kind of easier to point at somebody else. Well, if you knew my wife, (laughs) you know, if you knew my boss, if you saw my portfolio, if you knew how my car ran or that I don't, you know, and it's easy to do that. And even, I'm telling you this morning, even if your 2017 six-word summary was same old, same old, same old, (laughs) even if that was you, 2018 is a new year. And what happens in that new year is totally up to you. See, because no one's going to force you to live a life that would, that would merit a six-word life summary worth reading, you know, but it takes the attitude that says, hey, I want it to be a better 2018 for me. I want to leave a legacy more, more than, you know, she was a really sweet person. Ah, that's so powerful. He was such a nice guy. Oh, that's what I want on my tombstone. That's what I say to that. We, if you want something more than that for 2018, you've got to adopt that kind of attitude to ask the Lord to strengthen you for the journey. And then you can totally rewrite your own legacy. God gives us that option. And if you need an example of that, if you say, no, you know, I can't, you don't know my past, you don't know what I deal with, you don't know my challenges, you don't know what it's like, you know, if you need some examples that that can actually happen, you don't have to look any further than that little white book in the pew pocket right in front of you called the Bible. Because it is packed full of characters throughout the Bible that can inspire us to greatness in 2018, who totally had a six-word life summary that was pretty much meh. And turn that around so much so that they're included in the book of life, in the Bible. And of all those people, I think if you had to look at anybody who did that (laughs) most awesome, it would be the Apostle Paul. I think he'd have an incredible six-word life summary. In fact, I have a, a theory about what that might be. You know, maybe you can be thinking about that. What would Paul's six-word life summary be? But I, I have a theory, and I'm going to share that with you. But, but first, I want us to, to take a look at some, some words that Paul wrote to a friend of his and see if maybe his attitude can help our attitude to help us be the best year ever in 2018. So if you would, take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Timothy, the last chapter in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And let's see how Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's the guy who wrote this, this letter that became this, what we call a book, and he wrote it to his friend Timothy, and we're going to see how the, uh, the attitudes that he adopted helped him live a, worth, uh, a life worth living. And uh, every year, I believe Paul, Paul's life was better than the last, and we've got to ask ourselves, is that true for my life? You know, Paul was pretty old when he wrote 2 Timothy. We're not sure exactly how old he was, but we do know this is his last recorded letter that we have to his friend Timothy. Uh, and he's, he's checking out. He's, he's, getting, he's on death's door. He's super old. But check out the attitude that he had toward life just in general, even as an old man. This is in verses uh, 6 through 8. Paul writes, As for me, 
My life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Woohoo! Now, those are some pretty powerful, awesome, wonderful words to kind of as a climax for a man just before his death. That's, that's a, a pinnacle that he wrote just before he went to be with the Lord. But, but, Paul doesn't stop there. In the remaining verses of his chapter, Paul kind of wraps up some final thoughts in this chapter 4 he, with some comments, some, some personal notes, personal greetings to people. And he also gives us some insights into his, in his life, why it was so powerful and why God was able to use him in such a special way. And in these, his final words, Paul's, Paul shows us, I believe, several attitudes that will make a difference in our world like they did in his world and for God's kingdom. And if we adopt these attitudes ourselves, I believe with God's help, they can be attitudes that will make 2018 your best year ever. And you say, can't, come on, that's just pastor speak. No, why not with God? Wouldn't every year, no matter how old or young you are, be better than the last? Accumulated wisdom, more friends, more knowledge, experiential wisdom that says, been there, done that, don't want to do that again. You get all of that as you live longer and longer. So these attitudes that Paul shows us, I believe, can help us out in 2018. First of all, and this first attitude seems kind of counterintuitive right off the bat, but it's this, it's that we need to be prepared to go it alone. And that's not to say to go out there and be a lone ranger and reject all your friends, stop coming to church because the pastor said be prepared to go alone. That's not what I'm talking about. But let's find out what I'm talking about. You'd think that Paul, you know, a man as great as the Apostle Paul, you know, would end his life, his life would end much differently, actually, than it did. You know, think of all the churches that Paul started. You can read through the New Testament, the church in Ephesus, the church in Thessalonica, the church in Philippi, all these churches that he started, the church in Rome, and all the believers that he discipled, and all the letters that he wrote, and all the financial support that he raised for suffering Christians all over the the known world. You'd think that in his greatest hour of need, just a multitude of of grateful people would be willing to, to stand beside him in support of him. You'd think that, but that's not what happened. And We don't know all the details of Paul's life, but we do know that in about the year A.D. 67, he was awaiting death in prison for preaching Christ's gospel. And he faced at least that first part of his incarceration completely alone. Nobody else with him. Not even Dr. Luke, who had done all those travels with him. And in 2 Timothy 4, starting with verse 9, Paul wrote this to his friend Timothy. He wrote, Timothy, do your best to come to me soon. Demas fell in love with this present world and he's deserted me, going off to Thessalonica. Christians went to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. So Luke was there. After all he'd done for the Lord, in the end, Paul found himself all alone, except for Dr. Luke out there somewhere. Deserted by those who were supposed to be his friends, no one there for him, everybody gone. And this is Paul. 
This is a guy that started so many churches, did so much for the Lord, and yet he found himself all alone. Have you ever felt that way? God, how much more do you want from me? How much more can I possibly give to my spouse, to my kids, to my church? How much more can I possibly do for you? I feel all alone. I feel like nobody is appreciating what I do. I feel like it's just kind of you and me. And if you've ever felt that way, you're in good company. Because Paul, you know what? Paul, it didn't stop him being alone. It didn't make him give up. It didn't even slow him down as an old guy. His attitude from the very beginning was that following Jesus sometimes means going it alone. And he was ready to pay that price. The question this morning for us is, how about us? How about you? Are we really willing to go it alone for Jesus? There's an old song some of you may remember if you're old like me and uh, we used to sing it on the revivals and things and it goes i have decided to follow jesus remember that song i have decided to follow jesus i have decided to follow jesus no turning back no turning back but do you remember the next verse the words to the next verse still i will follow though none go with me still i will follow though none go with me still i will follow no turning back no turning back Over the last five years being here in Glendale, I've watched, in my opinion, too many people who have given up on really radically, passionately following Jesus because things just got too hard and nobody was following them. They felt like they were in it alone. And now I watch as their soul basically turns to mush. And they just get spiritually softer and softer and softer. Because when we stop following Jesus, when he leads us into scary situations, the spirit inside of us stops growing. And it's kind of like a muscle that never gets used. It just kind of atrophies and turns slowly into mush. And unless we want that to happen to us, we need to adopt the attitude that Paul had that realizes that sometimes following Jesus means following Jesus into uncomfortable places that nobody else wants to go. Nobody in their right mind is going to do that. That's crazy talk. And there'll be times when you run that race alone, just like Paul did, when none go with you. Will you still follow? See, if you stay with the pack, by definition, you've got a lot of friends. You're not alone right? You stay with the herd. Hey, life is good, man. But to do that in the spiritual realm means lowering the standards that Christ calls us to down that narrow road. You stay on the wide road. Hey, whatever goes, goes. No big deal. Don't get all upset and all uptight. You know, you have lots of friends that way. But if you're living a sold out life for Jesus, it's just a fact that people start looking at you a little funny You might find some of your older friends starting to slowly distance themselves from you. You might find yourself getting invited to less parties, you know. But if we'll keep our eyes on Jesus, even in the midst of that stuff, rather than the people around us, you'll find that Jesus is enough. And that's not just words. It's true. No matter how people around you treat you, even if they've deserted you, if you want 2018 to be your best year ever, be prepared to go it alone with Jesus. Even if everybody around us gives up, 
the hard fight. Keep fighting. Even if everybody else drops out of the race and quits running, you keep running the race for Jesus and the crown of righteousness will be there for you and it will be worth it. Amen? Another attitude that we see from Paul that I believe can help us in 2018 is this, is let go of your hurts. Let go of your hurts. See, Paul found himself all alone. You heard me describe that whole thing after all he'd done for so many people, and yet he didn't let it defeat him. He didn't let it turn him bitter. It didn't let him get him all worked up and angry. In 2 Timothy 4, chapter, verse 16, Paul wrote this to Timothy. At my first defense, that's in court, being uh, uh, on trial for preaching the gospel, no one came to my support. Everyone deserted me. Evidently, that even means Luke. But then, in the midst of that potential pain and that hurt, Paul shows an attitude that if every one of us would embrace it, I promise you, I don't want to sound like a used car salesman, but it is just true because God says it. 2018 can be the best year ever, especially for those who have hung on to something, a hurt from the past. They just haven't let go. If we will adopt such a powerful phrase that Paul says, and I just promise that we will adopt this, if we'll say it like we mean it, mean it like we say it, it can make a huge difference in 2018. And the phrase is what he writes to Timothy just after he said, everyone deserted me. It's in the second part of that verse 16. Read that with me. It says this, may it not be held against them. Come on, some of you said that like, yeah, let's say it again. Ready? May it not be held against them. One more time. May it not be held against them. If we will adopt that phrase just this morning, was it this morning or last night? <laughs> of course, Debbie's married to the pastor, so, you know, bad luck for her. But I said, may it not be held against them, right? I said, that, the pastor's going to preach that tomorrow morning. It was last night, right? I said, we've got to adopt that this, this year. And already it's made a difference in our life. You know why many people stop doing awesome, great things for the Lord? You know why so many fizzle out rather than flame up, you know, or they just give up on the Christian faith altogether? You know why so many people have dropped... I think there's more people that dropped out of our church than currently attend our church. You know the most common reason that happens? It's because of what somebody did to them. It's what somebody said to them. It's what the pastor didn't say to them. It's what the deacon looked at them after. It's what somebody, when they shook their hand, said something and they got hurt. And they got mistreated. Maybe they got ignored. Maybe they got underappreciated. And that was enough for them to decide, you know, it's just not worth it. And they spend the rest of their life nursing this grudge, placing the blame, just feeding that pain. But not Paul. Not Paul. He was bigger than that. And I think he wants us to be bigger than that. From the very beginning, Paul decided to forgive whoever spoke against him. And those who betrayed him and those who abandoned him, his ability to save may it not be held against him. That's what kept him focused on the future instead of the past. And the same thing is true. And the same thing can help us in 2018 make it our best year ever. And it's not just Paul who had this attitude. We see the same attitude in Jesus when he suffered the, the greatest injustice imaginable an innocent man, betrayed by his friends, beaten, tortured, nailed to a cross. How did he respond? Do you remember? Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. He forgave them, even as they were gambling for his clothes. 
hanging naked on a cross. Later, you can read in Acts when Stephen uh, was attacked and murdered by an angry mob. They stoned him to death for preaching the gospel. And you remember what his last words are? Lord, don't hold this sin against them. Forgive them. Or his last words. It can happen. Forgiveness can make your 2018 be the best year ever. If you want to run with the likes of Jesus and Paul and Stephen and others, then decide today, I'm going to let go of the grudge. You know, today is the day. It doesn't mean I'm saying they were right, I'm wrong. That's not what I'm talking about. They could be way wrong and you could be way right. You've still got to forgive. You've still got to forgive. Decide that today you will, will forgive those who hurt you. Let it go. Get rid of it. Let go of the grudge. There's one more attitude that Paul shows us if we want 2018 to be the best year ever, and, and that's this, and this is, this is a rich one. It's this. Keep making plans keep making plans even though paul was really old and back then they didn't live to be 80 90 like we do he was at death's door and he's in prison all alone look at his attitude that he talks about in verse 11 he tells timothy timothy get mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry you remember mark this is the mark that that he and Paul, he abandoned Paul earlier and Paul didn't want him to go with him. So Barnabas and Mark went that way and, and uh, Paul and Timothy went this way and they had that big ruckus. And now he's asking him to bring Mark. Why was that? Remember point two? <laughs> Let go of the grudge. Paul grew in that. He, he said, bring Mark with you because he's helpful to me in ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, Timothy, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus and Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Does this, does this sound like a man who's on his way out? <laughs> you know, does it sound like a guy who's just, you know, giving up the ghost? Well, I'm just going to languish here in prison. I guess everybody's deserted me. I'll just make the best of it and stay comfortable. In these verses, to me, Paul sounds like a man with a plan. Even though he's old, even though he's deserted, all alone, in prison, just in case God chooses to delay his departure a little bit longer, Paul's got a plan B in the works. Bring my papers, bring my scrolls, bring my coat. There's been some speculation as to what those scrolls were, probably Old Testament, or what the parchments were, probably more writing papers. Some scholars believe that he was going to do some more writing there in prison. We don't know exactly what it is, but we do know this. Even though the end was near and Paul was just at death's door, he kept moving forward. He kept making plans for the future. What about us? What about you? What are your plans for the Lord? in 2018 have you even made any plans for the lord in 2018 well i hadn't really thought of it i was going to lose some weight maybe what about for god well can't sure i've got plans you know go to church read my bible don't get too drunk you know (laughs) those are great plans right but but really is 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 that the best we can do for jesus who gave his life for us because his father's plan was to do so so that we could live for him you know, if, if your attitude for 2018 is just to survive, and some of you, that's not a bad plan. <laughs> but if that's it, I wish you all the best. But if that's it, I predict that this time next year, your soul is just going to be a little mushier than it was today, this time next year. As you kind of slowly just sort of turn into a bowl of pudding for Jesus. You know? 
And not the good stuff, not the butterscotch, that vanilla stuff that you don't know what's in there yet. But, you know, if, if you want to have the best year yet, you know, commit to the Lord, I believe with all my heart, that this morning, I told you God has a specific word for you. God's speaking to you right now. Are you listening? Commit to Him this morning that no matter what happens, God, my attitude's going to be like Paul. I am willing to go it alone. If it means going into an uncomfortable situation, if it means talking about God, talking about Jesus, talking about what God has done for me when others look at me sideways, I'm willing to go it alone. And God, I'm willing to let go of my hurts. You know what I'm talking about, Lord, because I've hung on to it for a long time. And God, maybe most importantly, I'm going to make plans with you for 2018. And together, we're going to do something awesome. Earlier, I told you I had the potential six-word life summary for Paul. And given what we know about and what we read, I think it reads something like this. Hard fight, long race, but finish strong. And as for you and me, you know, it's really, it's kind of too soon. It's too early to write our biographies, whether it's six words or 600 words or 600 pages. Why? Because we're not finished yet. There's still time for us, as far as we know. There's still time to change the plot. If you don't like how your six-word life summary would be up to this point, there's still time to change that outcome. There's still time to change it for Jesus' sake. Let's ask God to help us do that right now. Father God, we thank you for the freedom that you have given us in our will that allows us to choose love and your love or to choose something else. God, we also know that that freedom allows us, gives us the ability to not have our year be the best year ever. It gives us the freedom, God, to, to be, just do whatever we want this year and not make plans for you and hang on to that grudge and, and to not be willing to get out there alone. But God, I thank you that that same free will that you give us that allows us to make choices is the same free will that allows us to make the choice right now to say yes to you, God. Would you give me a new, fresh attitude this morning, Heavenly Father? Give me the desire this morning, Father. Change my wanter. Maybe I'm not even, I'm not even wanting to change, God much less wanting to make plans with you for 2018, we may need to back up and just say, God, change my changer. Change my wanter, God. I want to want. Do that in our hearts this morning, I pray, God. And Father, this is not a self-help, power of positive thinking message that we bring to you this morning and to these people. God, this message is to plug in to the Holy Spirit that resides within every person who has received your salvation, have, who has received the gift of forgiveness of their sins and who your Holy Spirit now resides within. We have all the power that created the universe residing within us if we will but tap in. So Father, change our attitude this morning, we pray. Give us a heart, Father, that desires above all else to please you and to serve you and to live for you. We pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Bill, thank you.